We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it is almost the weekend it is the thursday edition of your pack a day podcast the trio is back together i'm back with the group i missed last week thank you for holding it down gentlemen i am jason perone of the pack a day podcast Game on Wisconsin and the Quicksilence podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and his Packers Unrestricted YouTube show. Gentlemen, thanks so much again for locking it down. Guys, do we have any do we have any uh overseas anybody got overseas weather? I don't think you guys did, did you? Not here. And we so, know Mark didn't. So we're starting on the beach with Mark Eckel, Myrtle Beach. What is happening? Is it rain or shine? Well, it's been beautiful. I mean, perfect for like the last, I don't know how many days. Uh, Today, Thursday, as you listen to us, it is, we are supposed to get a little bit of rain, which isn't the worst thing in the world. I got to tell you, when it's that nice, like, you know, like I need a day to get some stuff done. (laughs) And when it's so nice out, I don't get anything done because I'm I'm on the beach or or I'm at the pool. So a little bit of rain today will allow me to like get some laundry done and and do some other things around the house that need to get done. So that, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. All right. Very good. And then heading over to the Dairyland State of Wisconsin, where there will be a huge frenzy as the schedule, the NFL schedule comes out later yeah. today, even though it's <laughs> practically all out, if, if not already. Paul Brettel, how are we looking in beautiful Green Bay? Well, we bypassed spring already. It's summer. Uh-oh. It's, uh, we've, had our, we've had our tornado watch. It's 90 and humid, so yeah, summer's here. Jeez, jeez. <laughs> Skipping wow. right over it there. You're warmer than we are. Yeah, spring was, non-ex- spring was non-existent. Non-existent. Well, you'll still get one more snow before the end of the month, so don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> you're actually warmer. So you're warmer than Phoenix right now. 88 degrees, but it's the last day in the 80s for a while. It's going to be in the high 90s, and then we get up over into triple digits over the weekend into the early part of next week. Of course, nothing but sunshine and heat. As always, and then our friend Harry in Kamloops, Canada, woke up to snow on the mountaintops earlier this week. He said, after seeing some of the footage of Rookie Minicamp, I see our trees have nevertheless budded much more than the foliage in Green Bay. <laughs> so Harry's checking out the background on some of those photos. So 
High of 63, low of 41. Showers at night might be the first mow of the season if the rain ever stops one of these nights. So, breaking out the mower. Paul, have you broken out the mower? I did uh, this uh, past Sunday. Oof. Once it comes out, that's it. It's, 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 yeah, it's out. That time not, till, <laughs> not till winter. I basically, I basically swap out the snowblower for a lawnmower. So. There we go. All right. Well, the schedule, the NFL schedule came out but before... We get to that, Paul. You had so aptly noticed and announced and mentioned that there was a signing by the Green Bay Packers earlier this week. Take it away. Yeah, so they had uh, at rookie minicamp, they had 89 players on the roster, and they signed, I think on Monday, one of the tryout players, Kobe Jones, edge rusher uh, from Mississippi State. He was a 2020 undrafted rookie. So I put them at 90, but as Brian Gudekins often says roster building is a 365 day a year job. So on Wednesday they would sign uh, tight end Eli Wolf. And since they were already at 90 players, that meant that they had to cut someone. So they cut wide receiver, Chris Blair. Uh, he was a 2020 undrafted rookie from Alcorn state spent most of 2021 on the Packers practice squad. Uh, but I have an article about Wolf up over at Dairyland express. You can check out, but a little bit about him. Uh, he was an undrafted rookie in 2020 he spent some time with baltimore and indianapolis doesn't have any regular season nfl snaps his final year of college was at georgia the previous three years before that he played at tennessee and he wasn't used very much in the passing game during his first three years at tennessee he only had 10 targets his final year at georgia was his most productive from a pass catching standpoint 13 catches on 21 targets almost 15 yards per catch and a touchdown with 60% of his snaps coming in the slot. But re- what's really noteworthy about him, and these these numbers are from Pro Football Focus, but of his 751 career college snaps, 408 of them came as a run blocker. So he was used heavily in those blocking hmm. situations. We all know how important that is. And for what it's worth, uh, he was the 14th highest graded uh, run blocking tight end that 2019 season. Okay. But- all of his right. 219 career special team snaps. So, very interesting. So, what does this mean, Paul? Yeah, exactly. What does this mean? I mean, they they now have eight tight ends, if if my count's correct, eight tight ends. Now, you know, they have a lot of extra, a lot of things, but eight tight. They picked up another tight end. Something, so, I mean, there's something. There's either I don't know. You tell me. I know you wrote about this already, right? Yeah, so I wrapped up the article speculating, as we like to do, because um, like you said, Mark, there's eight tight ends, and when we look at the 2022 roster, we know who, who those spots are going to go to, and in fact, they might have to make a difficult cut, depending on whether they want to keep four or five tight ends, because they have Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuar, Tyler Davis, and Dominic Daphne, and I throw Tyler Davis in there because Dugan spoke pretty highly of him after the draft. So he's someone that should certainly be on your radar for making the roster. And once Tunyon's fully healthy, that gives them five tight ends. Are they going to keep five? Are they going to keep four? You know, that's a bridge we'll have to cross when we get there. So for this season, you know, the tight end room is fine. It's not as if Eli Wolf's going to push for a roster spot or anything. But my thought was, if we look ahead to 23, 2023, DeGore is the only tight end under contract at that time. So this could be Green Bay just, you know, planning to – They'll create some back end of the roster competition, maybe stash a few on the practice squad, you know, guys that they can develop over the next year. And, you know, again, not that I'm predicting Eli Wolf's going to be a game changer or even make the roster in 2023. But 
that's really the only thing that I could kind of derive from, you know, the signing. Cause you know, sometimes you look at a position and you go, Oh, that's a thin position. They just need guys to get through training camp. But like you said, Mark, that wasn't the case at tight end. No. They, and they've added a couple since the season. They, they added the, um, who's the guy they added like a couple months ago. Then they had, they added somebody sure. that's been around that's bounced around. Oh, uh, that's a fun. Elise Mack. Yes. From Notre again, Dame. not yep. a game changer by any means, but a guy that they sought out and he was available and they and they signed him. It, I mean, I don't want to be pessimistic by any means, but are they more worried about Tunyon than they're letting on? Is it is it possible that he's not going to be ready till late late in the season, and that's and that's part of it or it's possible but I, I would think maybe... if I think for Tunyon if if you're concerned about Tunyon you're not going to sign a guy like like Wolf I think you'd have to try you'd have to try I mean maybe it's for now but you'd have to try to make a move to mitigate that later maybe or try to find some value Packers don't like, have a ton of money to like play trading, with but... like like trading for Waller which was rumored. <laughs> well, that's that's pie in the sky. I mean, that would be a, a that would that would no, that would be no. absolutely attacking the tight end position for sure. I don't know if they can. They well, can I mean, they, off, they but... tried to do that. I mean, if, right. if the reports are accurate, I think they are. Right. They wanted. A, they didn't want a one and a two. They wanted a one and Waller. Right. And, but they couldn't. They weren't allowed to do it. And then they thought about trading a two back for Waller, and the Raiders didn't want to do it. So I mean, I'm just concerned that, or maybe it's like Paul says to me, you know. Lewis is going to be this, – this is it for him, right? He, he's not He's not playing past this year. I'm, I'm shocked he's even playing this year. And maybe he's not. I mean, I don't, who knows? And from a skill set standpoint, again, not that I'm predicting Mac or Wolf are going to be roster guys in 2023. They have a lot to prove between now and then. But if DeGore is your H-back, Mac's your move tight end, your pass catcher, and then you have uh, Wolf, more of that – blocking option. I mean, they're from that standpoint, they're kind of rounding out the tight end position just in terms of skill set. Again, for whatever I mean, that may or may not mean. It just, it, I just found that when I saw that, I was like another tight end. Wow. I mean, and then who knows? Like, again, they bring bodies in sometimes because, and it, well, here's another factor that we should be talking about. How good are, how good are any of these guys on special teams? Because I think we're seeing, we're going to see, we are, we've already seen some emphasis put on signing guys that can be good on special teams. Now, again, I don't know if Wolf mm-hmm. or Mack or any of these guys can can or are good at special teams, but a lot of times your backup tight ends are, are good special teams players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and remember, the uh, they I know this was back in the McCarthy days, but I think it stands to reason for any NFL roster. Linebackers and tight ends have the ideal – physical makeup and body type to play special teams. So it makes sense mm-hmm. if those guys can, can flourish. I mean, Tyler Davis was, was kind of this guy where you take a flyer on him and okay, he got into a couple of games and contributed a little bit. He wasn't very good, but he made, he still played a couple snaps. So if the Packers can find a diamond in the rough here, I mean, this is where, where they, they started with Tunyon. So this is kind of their approach. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. I mean, there's there's more that's going to happen with the roster over the summer and after June first and all this other stuff too and then training camp comes up quickly in July. I mean it's insane. I keep thinking this is training camp is so far away and the season just ended, but nope, here we are in the middle of May already. I mean it's almost yeah. been four months since the Packers have played a football game. Speaking of which, guys, let's let's get uh, dive okay. into the schedule and Mark. 
as always, this is my my favorite part is is the stories uh, with regards <laughs> to the schedule and traveling. So what I thought we would do is go through what we know so far. And obviously, by the time listeners are listening to this, there's going to be more that's going to have come out, and the, the leaks always come out on game day. And so by the time the schedule actually gets announced, per se, by the everybody time that knows. the NFL, everybody already knows about it. And Mark, I know you have your thoughts on, on the NFL and the announcing of the schedule, because it has changed a lot since you were covering the league and years and years ago to now where it's an actually a, it's, it's an event. Oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean... Let me start. Let, we'll start now. Yeah. What the, and God bless the NFL. I mean, really, I, <laughs> I mean, it's the only sport where they're not a non, a non football, non playing events outside other sports. I mean, the NFL draft kills the NBA playoffs. Unbelievable. That, yeah. It doesn't make sense, but it does. I mean, more weight, it kills it. More, way more people watch the NFL draft than, a, than an NBA playoff game or an NHL playoff game or a regular season baseball game. It does. It's it's insane. The sketch. I mean, now now they have an it's an event where the schedule comes out and they yeah. leak them out here to, and 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 people die, and they love it. It it's, it's it just cracks me up. But God bless them. I mean, they're they know what they have and they just and they take advantage of it and good for them. <laughs> um, but I can I, I go wait when I first started covering the, the, the league. Now this was interesting because, and I'm going way back. Like I said before, we started. Jason, you—I don't know if you were born, or you—you you may have been like running around in knickers. Um, <laughs> and Paul's Paul's parent not only wasn't Paul born, I'm not sure his parents knew each other yet. <laughs> I'm going back to the '80s here, okay? So, um, you didn't not only—I mean, the, the way the schedule was announced was the PR guy. There was no email or anything. The PR guy called you, "Hey, Mark, it's Ron. It's, it's Ron Howard. Uh, I, I got our schedule." We're playing the Giants. We opened with the Giants. We played the Cowboys, the Bears, blah blah. We didn't even, but at that time when he called, and it was it was before May. It, this was it, it probably came out around March. I'm going to say we didn't know. Like we've known who the Packers are going to play since the day after regular season ended, right? We knew mm-hmm. who oh, and wow. and where. We just didn't know when. Yeah. Back then, you didn't know. You didn't know who. I mean, you knew. I knew the Eagles were playing the Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Giants, and I guess the Cardinals were in the division then, mm-hmm. then as well. So mm-hmm. I knew those eight games, but we had no idea who the other eight games were going to be. None. We had. We, you had no clue. And we, I. There was no formula. There was just. I don't know how they did it. They drew drew teams in a computer and it popped out. And that's who. I guess that's. It wasn't based off strength of schedule. There was nothing. It was just very random. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of fun because, especially as a writer traveling, you know, to cover games, I didn't know if we were going to Florida to out to, you know, California or staying nearby to go to Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh. I mean, you, you just didn't know. So that was kind of fun. And if, as a, and then as a fan too, you didn't know who your team was playing. So it was kind of it was it was very 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 different. There was a mystery and to I'll, it. Now it's a formula. Yeah. Now it's yeah. just a matter of when. You know who mm-hmm. and where, you just don't know when. Yep. Um, so that was kind of cool. And again, I, I'll, I'll throw my own little personal note in there. You know, there, there's a bunch. Of, the Eagles had the biggest traveling um, group of writers as, of, of any team in the league. And I think there was like at one point 11, not even counting like columnists and TV and radio, just 11 beat guys that traveled. And at, the, at that time, there was like most other teams had maybe three or four. So we had the largest traveling party. 
And I was the only one that was happy when the when the Eagles were playing at Green Bay. <laughs> right. Nobody went to go, oh, Green Bay. Oh, I'm, and, and, and I'd be there like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Green Bay. Not okay. even for the food? I get the, <laughs> <laughs> no, they just didn't want it. It was cold and small town and hard to get. Well, a lot of guys, let me tell you this. Most of the writers, at least the Philly writers, didn't even stay in Green Bay. They would stay in – a lot of them would stay in Milwaukee. And drive? And, and make that early Ugh. morning drive, Whoa. especially if the game was like a 4 o'clock game. I never did that. No. I wanted to stay in Green Bay. I wanted to go to the Hall of Fame. I wanted to go to um, – what was that bar? Fuzzy Thurston's bar. And, and, and you know, <laughs> but, but I was a Packer fan from the time I was five. So I, I looked at it a little differently than, than the rest of the guys that were – Ah, shoot, we got to go to Green Bay. I was hoping. I was hoping we went to Tampa Bay. You know. Stuff hey, like listen, that. Mark, so, and you know this too, and Paul, you know this. In in September, you get some games that are like ninety, ninety five plus, and it's hot, and it catches some of those road teams off guard. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I mean, obviously, I know when they say cold, they're talking about November, December, January. Obviously, they're not saying, but, you know, just a quick point here where everyone's like, oh, you know, you don't want to avoid the hot games and and going to Florida and and early in the season. Listen, some of those games in Green Bay, those home games early on, if you get it catches the weather just right, it can be very hot and humid, hot and humid as well. In fact, the Packers will open on the road. We don't know who the opponent is yet as of as of recording. We can probably figure it out, though, right? Can we figure it out? Uh, well, here's what I have so far. I'll just okay. go through. I'll go through that, and then we can bounce it around. So there's a road game week one. They've got 
The, the Bears are at, at Green Bay Sunday Night Football Week 2. I don't have Week 3 yet. Pat, the Packers are in Green Bay Week 4. And then in Week 5, the Packers go to London. They, they host the Giants. Now, apparently, from what I've read, the team opted not to take the bye week after the London game, so they will play Week 6. It sounds like it's going to be a home game, and it's likely to be the Jets. And week four is New England. Uh, week four is New England, right? Pats at Packers week four. That's the week before the, the London game. And then um, and then in week 10, I've got the Cowboys coming to Green Bay. Now, that was uh, announced by the team's tw- uh, early, account. Yeah. We know that. Right. That came out yesterday. That came out on Wednesday so um, or uh, Tuesday. So Cowboys, Packers, late afternoon, November 13th. And that, then the short week, they'll host the Titans on uh, Thursday Night Football that week, that Thursday. And then um, at the end of the season, the Rams are, are in Green Bay for Monday Night Football on December 19th. And the last three games are uh, Packers at Dolphins on Christmas Day. So they get, they get some warm weather for Christmas. And then they host the Vikings on New Year's Day. And they finish up hosting the Lions at Lambeau Field in Week 18. So if you want so to try know, to... So basically, we know all the home games. We don't, we, the only road game we, we know is at Miami. Mm-hmm. So we have no idea where they're going on opening day. How about the the last games with the Lions? Huh? Mm-hmm. That's the sixth time in seven years that they've ended the season with the Lions. Sounds good. It's just wild. It's just kind of wild. Isn't they it? need to win that last game. I like the chances. They they haven't always won that last game though. Well, they, well I mean, last year they didn't matter. Yeah, la- they last didn't year care, Jordan right? Love, if Tyler Davis would have caught a football, who knows? I I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, they didn't so care. They didn't care. <laughs> And again, three, at least what we know right now, week 15 to 18, three of the last four are at Lambeau Field. Mm-hmm. Always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised the bye isn't after London. I would have. Well, the team I might, yes, might I have agree. might have opted because it was so because it's so early in the season. They might have said we'd rather have it later, even though that's going to be a tough turn. Really yeah. Tough. I mean, there are buys going on that week, though. It's not like it's that early where you know there's there there will be teams will be having a bye that week well we so i i'm curious if the giants will have a bye uh yeah i'm not sure well, well we know uh, i'm just looking at the afc opponents uh, we only have uh three of the four so the bills could be the opening that could be packers that bills to open up the season and that wouldn't be the first oh. the last that wouldn't be the first time the the packers opened up in buffalo i think it was in 98 or or something like that, or maybe it was in two thousand. They the Packers opened up in Buffalo one season, and it was shortly after the uh, cha- ninety six championship. So it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the first time. Now if they win the game, that will be the first time. The Packers are winless in Buffalo ever. That's not good. So they go back to they go back to Buffalo for the first time since twenty fourteen, and that was a pivotal game that season because they lost to the Bills and they played the second game of the year in two thousand at Buffalo. I can't find an opener. No, maybe it wasn't the opener. Then maybe it was week two. They lost uh, twenty-seven to eighteen. It's a weird score. Because <laughs> um, I know that, and I know they finished. I know they ended the the ninety-seven season against the Bills. That was at, at Lambeau Field. They had a late game in two thousand two yep. against Buffalo. That was also at Lambeau. They uh, won both of them. They won that one ten nothing in two thousand two. 2006, they lost uh, at at Buffalo. I mean, anytime they played at Buffalo, we know they lost because they haven't won there. That's that. That's the third AFC site that they're not. They never won in Indianapolis either. 
Yeah. And they only won a couple times in Cincinnati, including last year, and they had to go overtime to do it. Well, they do well in week – they usually do well in week one. The Packers do historically. So if something's got to give if they get the Bills in week one. They either start 0-1 that or they sound, break the that's trend. A good, that's, a, that's a good opener. I mean, that's a that's a marquee game. That'll be that'll be a four – that'll be a you know a late game, three and three for you guys. Potential or Super Bowl guys, matchup. But, I mean, two high-profile teams, yep. two high two high-profile quarterbacks. Yeah, that's a possibility. What would what would the the other possibilities be? I guess any it, it could be a division game. It could be Vikings Bears. Well, I think the, I think Green Bay is at Washington at some point this weekend. So or at this season, that weekend. <laughs> if it was this weekend, that'd be great. I miss Packer football, but yeah, they're at Washington. So that's one game they, they have to work in there somewhere. Are, um, are they at Philly this year? Yes, right. Uh, I believe so because last time Philly was uh, the Thursday night game they played at Green Bay. And what we know so far, what we know so far, Jason, it's their home versus the Jets week six, and their home versus Dallas week ten. And presumably, I think we know all the home (laughs) games. So does that mean three straight road games, seven, eight, nine? There'll be a buy. Well, maybe a buy week in there on on week nine, or seven or eight. Yeah. Well, when is the the London game is is week five, right? Week five, October 9th. Yep. And then and then Jets week six. Mm-hmm. Yep. They might give them the bye week seven. Then they got to give them. They, yeah, yep. they got to. And then eight nine eight eight and nine would be yeah they could be on, on the, the road somewhere. on the road too. But to end with three of the last four at home, that's 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 I like how that sets up. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. And three to four division games too as well, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the who's the one the one nine division game is the Dolphins? Dolphins. Dolphins are yep. they're going to be better this year. I, I think that's a team to watch out for. Well, and then and late in the season, teams know who they are. They've they've gotten hot. You know, week one, the first couple weeks of the season. I mean, look what happened week one last year. You get all exactly. these weird anomaly situations and teams is especially with the no preseason and not a lot of work that the team doesn't put a lot of teamwork in before they start the season. Right, week one has become the 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 last preseason game in a in a, in a, in a lot of ways. You right, know, it's just, it counts, but it's not well played by by a lot. And I shouldn't say some teams already. Some teams that you know, it depends on how you treat preseason. The teams that treat preseason play their starters and 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 look at you know, it's, and it's usually younger coaches so, so, a, a, a lot of times um, first second year coaches that really want to see what they have. So they, they play their guys more sometimes in, in preseason. And then they're, they're obviously they're more prepared to play that first week. You know, Green Bay didn't play well. I mean, it, it's not a surprise if they don't play well in the opener because they don't play anybody at all in preseason. They just don't. And then there's good and bad to look at that. I mean, you know, I'm not going to rip them for doing that because that's their philosophies. They'd rather stay healthy. Right. Um, so, you know. But, the Packers you know. have, and, and, and as far as the, um, the, the strength of schedule, Green Bay is kind of in the middle of the pack. If you, if you just base it off of the winning percentage from last year, they, they think they rank 22nd in strength of schedule. The Vikings have a slightly tougher. And it was funny. Did you guys see that uh, conversation on, on social media about why do the Vikings always end yeah. up with a tougher strength of schedule? And it's like, well, because yeah. the Packers don't have to play themselves. Twice the Packers, right. The Packers are playing the Vikings who, who were under 500. And the Packers yeah. are playing the Packers 
who were 13 and four. Well, that's why twice. Right. Yeah. But Spencer's schedule is a very, I, I, it's another thing that I, I hate because your base is off last year. So look at the, so when the Packers were playing the Bengals a year ago, when we were talking about, talking about their quote unquote strength of schedule. Oh, well they have the Bengals. They were four and 12. Well, the Bengals won the AFC last year. So obviously that was a tougher game than, so you don't know year to year, especially now with all the movement that goes on in the NFL these days. A team that was bad last year might not be bad this year. And a team that was good last year might fall apart this year. Right. So you don't know. You just don't know. No, I do good. think that they are going to have a stretch of three road games because weeks oh. 7, 8, 9 are blank. Right. And we have all the home teams. And weeks 12, 13, 14 are blank. And we have all the home teams. So even if you throw a bye in there, one of those stretches is going to stay. So... Right. Do we have that all the home sense. games? We don't have the. Do we have the Vikings at home? Yeah, that's that, that's late, right? That's late. Yep. Yeah, we have the. Well, we have the the, the division. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if we've got necessarily all all of them because we host. Yeah, uh, we have eight home. We, we have eight home games, the international game, and then one road. So that's all the home games. Wow, I see. There's no reason to make it. Point. They're going to have three on the games. road in a row. There's no reason to do that. Okay. See, I, I volunteered more than once to, to do the NFL schedule, and I never hear back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because uh, there's certain things that should never happen. And I know it from, from gambling more than anything else, but you never make a team play. Like, always bet against a team playing their third straight road game. Right. It's not perfect, but you're going to win okay. a lot more than you lose. Right. Yeah. And then always, and I don't, and here's another thing that, that should never happen. You should never have to travel after a Monday night game. But some teams that bear you know, undoubtedly through this course of the season, it'll happen five, six, seven times, and it shouldn't. If you're if you play Monday night, you should be home the next week or on a bye the next week. Well, either one. Another thing that they, that I'm I'm totally against is having to leave leave your time zone for a Thursday night game. Yeah, that's yeah. True. Those should always be like there's, divisional. There's <laughs> enough. There's enough close to, and even if not divisional. You know, the Eagles could play the Steelers. The Eagles could play the Ravens. The, the Washington could play the Ravens. Green Bay, well, Green Bay could play Chicago, Detroit. And they, they, I guess that's the only divisional games they could. I mean, only even Kansas, well, they, they don't play Kansas City every year, but a team like that. Don't like Green Bay. And God, that was a great game, and they won it. But them going to Arizona on a for a Thursday night game was not fair. It just wasn't fair. Right. But well, if say, they came out winning it with got you know give them all the credit for that. But. Well, check check this out. The Seahawks this season are set to travel twenty nine thousand four hundred and forty six miles and cross uh, thirty four time zones throughout the twenty twenty two season. And then there's the the I think it's the Steelers. The Steelers just by virtue of how the schedule worked out, they don't even leave the Eastern time zone. The whole season. The whole season. Wow. I don't know what their total mileage means, is, but it's see, it's I'm cr- telling yeah. you, that stuff that means something. Mm-hmm. That really means something. I you I mean, I, wow, that that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. They're going to be better than people think. The Eagles. I'll bring this up to you. Two years ago, no, this this past year, this past season, twenty twenty, the, the season that just ended, everybody raved about how the Eagles. Oh, they started so poorly, and they really got hot at the end, and they. They went on a roll. And they made the playoffs, and they did. And, and good for them. To, you know, good for the, the Jalen Hurts. You know, the coach Sirianni. 
But they got it. They they never they didn't get on a plane. They got on a plane once. The last, I believe, eight weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. That means something. People don't understand that. That means something. They were they were home. I think they I think they had a bye. They were home four times, and they went to the Meadowlands twice to play the Giants and Jets, and down to Washington to to play Washington. So that. Believe me, as someone that that traveled for God knows how many years, and, I, and again, I I wasn't playing obviously, but I was tired. If, when it when when you're when you're on the road like three straight weeks, it it takes a toll on you a little bit. And I and I'm not like I said, I wasn't even playing. I'm just writing. I wasn't on a nice chartered flight either. But still, traveling takes something out of you. It really does. And um. To play, like I said, three straight games or to travel on a Thursday, travel far on a Thursday, is just unfair advantage to the to the, uh, to the home teams. Right. Well, there's there's always going to be something. I mean, I've, I've seen Packers teams in the past that have survived what seems like a conundrum on their schedule in the middle of the season. And you look at it and you kind of think about, oh, they've got a tough stretch to end the season or a uh, tough road stretch against some really tough road opponents. And it's just life in the NFL. And and there was a uh, the NFL Explained podcast, and they were talking about how the schedule is made. I mean, could you just just imagine that you've got you've got 32 venues and all of the different special events and requests that the venues have and the Live Nation for, you know, hey, we've got this concert going on in this, so don't schedule a, a home game at this time. And they've got to consider not just the NFL venue, but if there's one nearby and for parking and logistics, like it is just an insane undertaking. Like Mark, I don't know how anybody would, would want to volunteer for that, but that just seems like there isn't an algorithm. Do <laughs> I don't know I'll if do there's it. an algorithm out there that would make it easy enough to want to it's put not that hard. all of that it's together. That it just, it just, it just it's seems crazy. Hard. Paul, are you going to go to any of these um, soccer matchups or special events at, at Lambeau that are coming up this year? Ah uh, no, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to any of that. The game that I do have circled, though, it's got to be Cowboys Packers, right? Yeah. Mike McCarthy's return home. Yeah, that's the one I'll probably end up. Com- that's the probably the I one hope, I'll end up coming to. I hope he gets the loudest standing ovation. When Mike left, I really, really wanted to root for him. Like an old Packer, you know, any of the old players. I was hoping he was going to go to the AFC so I could genuinely root for him because of. Uh, everything that he had done here during his time. Fortunately, he's in Dallas, so it's not easy to do so. But I hope he gets the biggest stand and ovation from Lambeau when he does return. Well, he'll get one from I me when the game is over and the coaching. Packers have won the game. No, wait. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's, it's week 10. I hope he's still coaching the Cowboys in week 10. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, serious. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm half kidding, but if they start poorly, that, Jerry could have the finger on the, on, on the trigger there, right? I mean, he has Kellen Moore waiting in the wings, right? Or Dan. I mean, maybe they kept they kept Jason Garrett for. True. That but that was his boy. Jason was his boy. Mike's not. A, I mean, well, no, I think he will be. I, I think Dallas is going to be decent this year. I don't think so. I don't think he's going to get fired. But uh, do you? Let me ask you this, Paul. Now you say you're going to cheer for for when they announce Mike McCarthy. You're, you'll if there's sixty five thousand people there. Will there be a Will there be a smattering of booze? Uh, 
I mean, that's a lot of people, so I assume so. But my my guess is that a majority of Lambo's gonna give him the standing ovation he deserves. But will there? I mean, me sitting home watching it on TV, will I be? Will I hear booze? Or would my, hear my guess, that my guess is no. Okay. Well, the other thing is, is I don't know that there necessarily is going to be a a point in time where they're going to announce Mike McCarthy per se. Right. Sure, they will. It would just be like to me. It just seems like it would be he runs out on the field because did they announce Brett Favre when he came back as a player? It's different. He's a player, but they didn't really announce him. But he came out of the tunnel at some point, and there was a crowd reaction to it at that point. There's going to be there's going to there's going to be some meatballs that are going to boo Mike McCarthy. I mean, yes, I think I don't know if you'll hear it on TV, Mark, but there's meatballs that are going to do it. I mean, that's a Super Bowl winning head coach, regardless of whether he you like how it ended or he achieved, underachieved, overachieved, whatever it be. He he helped lead the team to a championship. To me, yes. that's 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 a hands a off on the booze. That's a hands off on the booze. <laughs> I, I agree. Something out. like they'll show him on the jump. They'll show him on the jumbotron like yeah. before the game. Yep. You know, I'm coming from Philly, like that, where there's no doubt in my mind he would be booed. Yeah, that's just <laughs> Phil. I mean, there'd be some clapping, but there'd be oh, they would, they would boo, they would boo, they didn't, wouldn't matter. They booed. I'm, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure Andy Reid got booed when he came back. Oh yeah, I'm, I guarantee it. Right. Well, that's 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 a sign of affection from Philly, almost. Almost. I mean, it's not. A, they're not a feeling affectionate. I can tell you, they're not a feeling affectionate. But it's like that's that's like you know that you've made it if the Philly crowd is booing right. you. Now, Mark, were you there when? Right. The, have yeah, I asked you true. this before? Were you were you covering the team when the the Santa Claus boo thing happened? No, God, no. I was that I, that was in the sixties. No, I wasn't covering the team. That, not that old. <laughs> I didn't couldn't remember when it was. I had I had no idea nah, when, when it was. But that's something. you know get that was at Franklin. They were that was Franklin Field days. I'm, no, I'm not that old. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Get get wild. Philly get wild so I mean at this point right now it's it's hard I was there when they booed Michael Irvin when he was laying on the field yeah I remember that yeah but they really weren't in their defense I think they were more booing Dion who was like dancing around acting like like he was like a healer or something's not I don't know what the hell Dion was doing but I think they were more booing and I think they threw a flag they were booing the penalty too I think I don't know. They really weren't booing that Urban was hurt. Some, I mean, again, some meatballs were, as use your word. Um, but no, I don't. It wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. Right. Well, I mean, it's it. This was a tough one because we're recording before all of the games are known. So at this point, right now, I mean, I'm sure the stories have helped carry it, but there's more information that's known now to the audience than when we recorded. I mean, it just, it's, it gets tough, but thank goodness for the leaks, because at least we had half the schedule to talk about because like, you know, most of the home home games are known. And then, you know, I, I guess the one thing I'll say is, is that, uh, I, you know, one of, one of my friends on Twitter and Packers fan earlier today said, Hey, you can't book any hotel rooms. They're already sold out in Green Bay. Well, they're not sold out. So what happens, because I worked in the hotel industry for a long time. So what happens is, is that hotels about, I don't know, 25 years ago, they developed revenue management strategy. Because before that, they didn't, it was just like, you know, the the GM kind of decided what the rates were going to be. And they decided as a, as a individual unit. And then companies said, hey, we need to, we need to put some strategy behind rates and optimizing and making sure that we're getting the right uh, stay patterns and revenue and all that kind of stuff. So what the hotels in Green Bay do over the fall is they probably 
black out most of the weekends uh, right around this time. They black it out where you can't book it for a good two to three day stretch until they've set their their uh, restrictions. So the number of nights you have to stay minimum and the rates, and then they'll open it up again. And then you can go on and you can book, but it won't be available for the for the couple of days because they want to make sure that they've got the right, you know, so if they're going to charge a higher rate for the Dallas game than they are for, say, for the Jets, for example, right? There's just a difference in demand there. So they're going to have different length of stay, different rates. They're optimizing all of that right now. They're in the lab, as they say. And then in about two or three days, it'll slowly start to open back up again. Or you'll have some hotels like Lodge Kohler, Lodge Kohler, I think you have to call direct and, and talk to somebody, and there's a whole process behind trying to book that hotel. So it's it's that's the thing I think that most people are anxious about with the schedule and wanting the leaks is because they want to get a jump on their travel plans, and they want to make sure they've got their, their lodging secured. Because I know you got to get tickets, but with the secondary market right now, the availability of tickets, I'm not saying they're going to be cheap, but the availability of tickets is going to be out there. You'll probably be able to get them if you're willing to pay and then airfare, you've got a lot of options because you can fly into Milwaukee, Chicago, Green Bay, and drive if you really want to. But it's that hotel factor that is such a big piece with regards to fans. I mean, you know, Mark, when you covered the team, it was covered because, you know, you had hotels right. that were that were taken care of. But from the fan perspective and, you know, Paul, see, this is where I, I, I also I, wasn't I, well, I'm interested. Paper paid. I didn't pay. Well, I didn't right. care yeah, no, you didn't. But, but uh, Paul, I'm interested. So, as someone who lives in in Arizona, in March, April, our population just like doubles, almost triples because of the weather and spring training and all that kind of stuff. So, is it noticeable on game weekends where you're just like, oh god, I'm staying in the house. There's too many people <laughs> in Green Bay for Packers games. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Around the stadium, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I live in one of the suburbs. You know, twelve, fifteen minutes from the stadium. So by me, no. But around Lambeau Field, absolutely, and that's even true. Um, you know, during training camp, you know, there's definitely you can tell there's an influx of people in that area, on Oneida Street. You know, kind of the main strip through. You know, that part of Green Bay. So that's yeah, that's definitely accurate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well. Interesting stuff, but Listen, it's good. It's it's good for the economy. It gets people on the on the sled hill. Mark, you got to get on that sled hill at some <laughs> point. We want some video of you going down the hill. Sled hill, yeah, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, but I, I you know I've been to every. I've, I haven't been to every NFL stadium because I haven't been to some of the newer ones since I stopped, um, you know, covering. But I've been to every NFL city, and not just because I'm a fan, but there's nothing like. I mean. Green Bay, there's nothing like Green Bay. Nothing. Nothing else even com- compares to it. 
I mean, I, I try to explain to friends of mine that are just fans but never been to never been to Lambo that that they should go because it's not it's like it's just the fact that it's like, like like the Lambo's like in the middle of a neighborhood. That's not that's mm-hmm. not how it is anywhere else. Like the Meadowlands or or Philly Lincoln Financial Field or Baltimore, they're not in they're they're off the highway. Like you know they're put aside and that, and which makes sense. Like you know, but but Green Bay, it's put it this way: if if the NFL was starting today or any time in the last 20, 30 years, Green Bay Wisconsin would not no. get an NFL team. No. There's no way in the world they would put an NFL team in a small place like Green Bay, Wisconsin. And, and, but since it's there and they're never going to take it out of there, that just the whole feeling. And I think Packer fans, like Paul, you, you live there. Like, like, I don't know if you realize what you have there, like what, like, and what it is to, to have, like, it's just, it's like, it's like nowhere else. That's all I'm going to say. It's like nowhere else. And anybody that hasn't been to a game at Lambeau, whether you're a Packer fan or not, I know Gotta almost, do it. almost everyone listening to us is a Packer fan, but go. Gotta it's do worth it. whatever it costs. I mean, you know, I'm not telling you to, you know, don't don't pay your rent that month and go. But if you have some extra money, <laughs> like if, if you're planning on a, if you're a football fan and you're planning on going somewhere to a game, make it a game at Lambeau. It really, I mean, there's nothing. It's just like baseball. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Cubs fan by any means, but going to Wrigley is something special. It is. It's better than going to anywhere else, you know, mm-hmm. a Diamondbacks game or a Brewers game or a whatever else. It's just something special. Boston and Chicago, they're, they're, they're something special. Fenway and Lambeau. Yep. And Lambeau is that. even more so. And Lambeau's uh, even more. I'll, I, I, because, it's, because it's football and there's only one game a week and it's so more important, it's, it makes it that much better. And, and I'm sorry, yeah, that's my rant. I'm <laughs> that was wonderful. Yeah, it's a stadium. I still, I still think at this day get goosebumps when you walk from the concourse through the tunnel, really? like the seat area, and then you just it just opens up and you see all Lambeau Field. Still, the the number of games is still the coolest feeling ever. And it's the the vibe on game day, or heck, the weekend, mm-hmm. um, just around the stadium, walking around. It's got like if you haven't been to Lambeau for a Packers game, but you've been to like. Uh, you know, your, your local college football town game, you know, if you're like a bigger, you know, Badgers, any of the bigger schools, it's kind of got that vibe to it, like a college, college town vibe uh, on game day. It's just, it's indescribable. Yeah. What was your first game, Paul? Um, trying to think. The one that stands out the most, they played the Rams on Monday night football, um, like regular season game. I went to that. I think I was in, I don't know, maybe fourth or fifth grade. Um, I'd been to like some preseason games and training camp before then, but I believe that was the first like regular season one I'd attended. How about you, Jason? For me at Lambeau, it was Bears Packers 2002. And that was a Sunday. It was the opening of hunting season. So it was perfect. It was an overcast, slight, slight flurries, not a whole lot of snow. Um, my former high school f- uh, teammate, Mike Brown, was playing on the Bears. So I got a chance to see him play at Lambeau Field. The Packers end up winning the game. The Bears scored on a stupid fake punt. Uh, but it was just, it was seeing the G. It was live, getting getting to the bars. We drove up from Milwaukee, so getting to the bars at like 6.30, 7 in the morning, and we were late. It was already packed. We were already, you know, they were there was already a lot of, 
libations of flow. That was that was a cool <laughs> one. That was a really really cool game. That was my first one, and I've been fortunate. I, I think I think I've, I'm up to eleven or twelve games at Lambo in my entire lifetime. I try to get to one every year, and that's kind of like you know speaking of saving up, like that's kind of like my my Graceland. So I save up and make a trip out of it, and right. And, so this year I said it's probably gonna it's probably gonna be either the Rams or the Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys they're both in in cold times of the year, but the Rams game is gonna be really cold because that's mid December. So we'll probably make it out to the uh, to the Cowboys game for uh, for that one. But Mark, I, and I don't know if 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 you probably have told us before about your first game. I don't I don't know if you. I'm looking it up now. I don't because I don't remember, but I remember. I think to, to be honest, I think the first. Eagles Packers game I covered was it was in Milwaukee. Remember when they used to play a couple games a year in in Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Kind and of I hated stadium. it. And both teams and both teams were on the same sideline, which to me is just yeah, really really weird. Bizarre. Yeah, that was that, that was a weird play. And I and I was I, I I remember being so bummed out that like I don't want to go to Milwaukee. There's nothing in I mean nothing against the city of Milwaukee. Don't I like it's a, it, it, actually it's a fun city, but I wanted to see Green Bay. So I think the first. Look, I'm trying to look it up here now. I think it was uh, – I didn't go in 87 because that was the strike year, and that was a strike game, and I didn't, I didn't go to the strike games. So I'm going to say it may have been 91. Okay. Yeah. Mikowski. Actually, that know. might have been – you, you might have ended up having, having to see uh, Anthony Dillwig or Blair Keel playing quarterback if Mikowski was hurt that year <laughs> it might have been I don't I'm trying to remember that but I, I remember going to the game and I do it like Paul said getting the goosebumps I just remember staring like like just I, I got there really early and I just wanted to walk around and you know I had a, I had my, my press credential so I can go on the field so, and I and I just remember like just looking into the end zone now I'm again I'm oh I'm going way back I'm not Brett Favre Packers I'm Bart Star Packers so I'm looking. I'm I'm looking in, and I'm that's I'm and I'm picturing Bart Starr in the ice bowl, sneaking it in from the one yard line yep. against the Cowboys. Oh, I do know? that every time I go to Lambo. Every <laughs> single time. Yeah, that was my thing. That was, and I think I. Another thing that Packer fans take for granted, I think I shouldn't. I I don't want to come down to Packer fans, but the Packer Hall of Fame is better than the one in Canton. It <laughs> really is. And no other team has anything like that. Not even close. Right. Nothing. I mean, the Eagles have like an honor honor roll thing. The Cowboys thing is pretty cool, but not like, no, there's nothing like the Packer Hall of Fame. See, and you don't you know, say, I, you that's, the only, Lambo, that's the only team too. Hall of Fame that I've been to, so I don't have any frame of reference. So I guess I'm glad to know that. And I know, I mean, obviously, one opinion to the next, they, they change. But Mark might have saved me a lot of money. If I'm in another city and I'm thinking of going to another team's Hall of Fame, and I'm like, geez, that was nothing compared to Green Bay's. Yeah, the Packers have a nice no, one. They've got it. Really a... is no, it's it's. I'm telling you, it's, I think it's better than Canton. Yeah, they got a nice one. <laughs> I really do. It's, I mean, and Canton, nothing against Canton, but it's again, I'm I'm partial, obviously, right. but still, there's some there's some really nice stuff in that Packer Hall of Fame. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. All right. Well, a little bit of schedules conversation and some Packer Hall of Fame and memory lane talk to mix in there and throw into the mix. So before we hop off, go around the horn with what is up now and what is upcoming. Mark, we'll start with you over at Packer Report. What's up now? What's coming up? Okay, what's up now is a pretty interesting story. I, I wrote about uh, Terrell Buckley, who uh, is a, um, mm-hmm. he, he was named one of the 
eight XFL coaches for next spring. And um, I was able to get a hold of him and had a nice conversation. And I talked to him about his days in Green Bay. And I know Packer fans, you know, don't have fond memories of him, but well, he has they, fond memories. There were some. Of, he had a couple of, moments. Of Green Bay. <laughs> but I mean, he was a first, you know, he was a high pick that didn't quite pan out. He, and read the story. He, he, he was pretty good talking about why things didn't work. And, but he, but he loved he loved his time in, in, in Green Bay. He really did. So that, that's up now. And coming later today is a look at wide receivers. It, it's kind of a dual story. It's kind of a story on what you can expect from Christian Watson this year and then maybe what you can also expect out of Amari Rogers this year. I, I went back and looked at the, the last 10 wide receivers that the Packers drafted in the first three rounds prior to Watson and Rodgers, and what they did as a rookie, and then what they did their second year. It's a good and it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a good it's cautionary tale for everybody who wanted how, the Packers to go crazy and get a receiver. Yeah, and also, like, you know, some guys took a big, had a big jump. Some guys did nothing their rookie years, like Rodgers didn't do much his rookie year, but came back that second year and, had, and put up some pretty good numbers. So yeah. it's, it was just interesting to to look back and and compare and see where where they're going to fall, you know. Where they're who knows? I mean, you know, right. Rogers may do nothing again, or he may be like you know Antonio Freeman. Max him out, yeah, exactly. All right, and Paul, well, they're always the always the wordsmith, Cheesehead TV, Dairyland Express. <laughs> uh, kind of the big series right now is taking a look at each of the Packers draft pick and and the undrafted rookies. I'm going one by one, taking a look at the positional need prior to the draft, trying to project what that player's role could be as a rookie, just some stats you need to know from college, and then a few uh, pre-draft scouting reports um, from different draft analysts on that player. So around the next one that will be uh, uh, Kingsley and Agbar, and then we'll just keep working through that, and then kind of just any sort of little news that's up this time of the year, such as an Eli Wolf signing. Eli Wolf signing, yeah. So same thing. Quick Slants (laughs) podcast, have a little bit of a breakdown. Once the schedule is known, I'll I'll be – Talking about that and any other Packers news that hits over the weekend. Thanks, everybody, for riding along with the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. We will be back next week. In the meantime, we're almost there. We're so close to the weekend. So, everybody, end the week strong. Stay safe. And as always, Go Pack Go!